Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Bill Bishop, CIO at Colquitt Regional Medical Center. In this segment, we talk about why he believes it's important to view consultants as an extension of the staff, the double-edged approach he used in pushing for change while also building a team environment, and how he has benefited from his past experience on the vendor side. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvata, the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at improvata.com. It's interesting that you use the word push. It's pretty telling because when you're talking about certain populations, it is something where it seems like health systems are having to try to push patients toward a portal when they don't want to. So there's not uh, one way to do this, that patients can have so many different uh, preferences and needs. Yeah, it's tough. One strategy we did use is we really encouraged our, our employees to use the patient portal and look. Um, and then we encourage the employees to talk about it with, with their family and with other people that, that, that come. And in a rural community, that's a pretty good strategy. The day before yesterday, I had some lab work done, and yesterday I pulled it up online and saw what the results were and saw that they weren't, there's nothing wrong, which would normally take a few days for the doctor to call. So we, we really try to explain that you, you can get the information very quickly and within 48 hours if you're just willing to sign up on our portal. Right. Okay. A little bit earlier, you, you talked about wanting to move to the, the web-based platform and how that was almost kind of like a recruiting tool for some of the physicians and nurses. But what about as far as other employees and even, even IT staff? Is this something where it is a challenge sometimes to either recruit or, or hold on to people when you're in a, you know, a rural area? No, I don't think re- retention was a big problem. My IT staff really likes the new platform better and supporting it. The, the people that were accustomed to, uh, I'll call it the green screen environment, it was a little bit of a transition for them because they were used to buttons being in the same place every day. A lot of people could do their job without really completely paying attention to the, to the screen with point and click. But it, it really wasn't a, a retention type thing. One other thing that's really unique about Cogger Regional is that people really want to be here. Yeah. So, Unless it's someone that's just looking to go try to make a lot more money somewhere else, we really have we have good retention here in both IT, nursing, and, and physicians. Once you get here, we normally keep people. We have some people that have been here 50 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> okay. You talked before about using consultants. Was that with the uh, inpatient Meditech? Migration. We're doing it with both. Um, okay. we, we use consultants to kind of be an extension of our staff here for the inpatient. Mm-hmm. There was more consultants, and then we also recently signed up another consulting firm to help us with the uh, ambulatory part. Okay, so it's really just uh, having the, the additional resources and that, that helped throughout the training process? Yeah, like we, we did not want to add staff and then cut staff because we really didn't need it. We didn't want to ramp up and then have to cut staff. So. We got the consulting firm to help us with chaining and help us with building. And they really served as just an extension of our staff. Um, for the inpatient side, they were here for two years. For the uh, web inventory side, they're going to be here about a year and a half. Oh, okay. So certainly enough time to really be able to, to provide that at-the-elbow at support and uh, make sure that the, the knowledge is passed along. Uh, yeah, they honestly felt like they were part of our team. I think many people thought they were employed by the hospital. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good thing. 
Okay. And you've been with the organization for about four years? Mm-hmm. Okay. What was your previous uh, role before coming to Colquitt? I was about 30 minutes up the road at Archibald Medical Center. I was, uh, I'm trying to remember what my title was, I think it was Director of Applications. So I was over all of any kind of application at the, hosp- at the hospital. Archibald's a four-hospital medical center. But I was overall all applications, clinical, financial, at, at, the, uh, at that hospital and physician practice. Okay. So uh, in terms of coming to Colquitt, was it just the opportunity for, for the CIO role, or what, what was it that drew you to the organization? The CEO called me. <laughs> right. um, I wasn't looking, wasn't even considering. The, I mean, I was 30 minutes up the road. I did already live in, in Moultrie, which is Colquitt County, and worked outside of the county, so he gave me a call, and I came in, and he he sold me on Cocker Regional Medical Center, and it was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Oh, wow. That's nice when that happens, when you just get the uh, the direct call like that. Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> weird, but it worked out well for me. Right. And as far as stepping into the CIO role, did did you have any hesitancies or did you kind of, you know, reach out to anyone for uh, advice? Well, I was um, really close with the CIO at, at Archibald, so I mean, I had some advice, but now nah, I, I kind of just took the ball and ran with it when I got here. Right. How did you approach that just with the staff? I mean, I, I imagine that, that that can be a tough thing, especially with an organization like Colquitt. You said that you know a lot of people are there for a long time. So, how do you approach that, being the the new person? Well, uh, unfortunately, right at the beginning, I had to approach it with a lot of changes. Um, right. Sure. It was there was very antiquated processes. There was a lot of things that were um, just not running efficiently. So, I approached it at first really tough with a lot of changes, and then you push and push and push, and then when employees are somewhat hitting their breaking point and you just kind of change and then try to try to roll in and really mesh with the environment. It, it worked well. There was a lot of employees here that really wanted to change so it made it easier. So the changes weren't really fought very much. Um, but there was there was a lot of change that had to be made and I did lose a, a couple employees after I started because of the push. But like we've gotten to the point now that we're we're pretty much a, a family. We open communication, any problems, any successes. We we all talk um, on a daily basis, round on a daily basis with each other. So it's right. a, it was kind of a, a double-edged approach. I mean, push, push, and then really get the team team environment together. Right. So do you think that that was maybe one of the reasons that CEO thought of you was that you'd be willing to to drive change? You know, I really don't. I don't know what uh, I don't <laughs> know what, uh, got him to call me. I, they they needed change, and yeah. yes, I, I was. I, I am a person that's not not scared to make some changes. Right. I, I imagine that had something to do with it, and I also um, I lived in Moultrie already. I had the background um, and the experience, and and I wanted to live here. So I think that that had a lot to do with it too. There's not there's not a lot of people that have. Some of the experience that I have that live in Moultrie, a lot of people here have lived, they went off to college or lived here their whole life. I'm sure there was a lot of factors, but I think part of it was because I lived here and wanted to be here. Yeah, that's a big thing. And now, uh, you know, you said that you're close with your staff and and there's a a lot of communication. So that's just kind of how you would characterize your your leadership style, just as somebody who's very open with uh, 
communication and things like that? I am. I, I am very direct, um, mm-hmm. but I'm also very open and, and don't don't mind listening to anybody. Um, I, a lot of times I will say no, <laughs> but <laughs> right. I, I do um, I do listen and I encourage my managers to listen and um, to really foster a, a good relationship with their employees because most of these people are here and they're here for the long haul and I, I want people to enjoy coming to work. Right. Right, and and then as far as your your relationships with vendors, um, Meditech is something where Meditech had been, uh, you know, a long time partner of the organization. So, as far as your your approach there, I mean, I would imagine the CIO has to have a very um, really deliberate strategy with with talking with vendors. But in your case, kind of unique that it had already been uh, a Meditech shop. Yes, we had been a Meditech shop for um, for many years before I yeah. got here. I had previously, at um previous job, I had looked at several other vendors, including Meditech, and Meditech, even before I got here, kind of stood out as a, a really successful choice, um, monetary and functionality-wise, for, for a hospital our size. Um, so I had already done the research, and with mm-hmm. Meditech already being embedded in here, I really thought it was a win-win to um, upgrade and keep Meditech here. Meditech and I have a really a, a really close working relationship. I do site visits for them. That relationship is is really is a really good relationship between Meditech and myself. Right. And then you, you mentioned nuance too. So when you have vendor partners, especially being a rural organization, I would think that it, it's especially important to uh, make sure that that your team is getting everything you need from a product, and and you really have to take that stance. I would think. Yeah, call it nuance. It's dragging. <laughs> that actually started as when I got here, we had a huge um, cost of of transcription. I mean, an inordinate amount of transcription cost that was that was going on. So that was a financially based um, decision to move um, to to dragon. But it really turned out to be something that the physicians um, really like. You have two schools of thought now. Either I'm just going to type out my notes or I'm going to use uh, the dictation via Dragon. Um, and it's really worked well, and fortunately it saved the hospital a lot of money um, by, by making that change. And it's not often you save money and get good results right. with a change like that. No, that. That's definitely true. And then you had some experience uh, on the, uh, the product development side or, or earlier in your, in your career? I did. I worked in in Jacksonville um, as a. I started out as a developer, and then senior developer, and then I was a development manager. For uh, it started out as uh, the company's name was First Coast Systems, and then it was purchased by by Keen. Um, <laughs> my development career actually started because I wanted to live at the beach out of college. Um, so <laughs> that's what I did. But um, I, I wrote software for. Um, for financial, clinical, scheduling, um, pretty much everything that that we had at some point. And I was in that role and as a development manager for roughly uh, 11 or 12 years in in Jacksonville. And that gave me a lot of insight from a vendor perspective that I really use today. Sometimes I don't feel like vendors are completely honest with what's happening. And with my vendor um, perspective, I can kind of read into some of that. So that experience and the programming experience to know kind of what, what is possible with some systems and what's not possible and 
tell people realistically you can't you can't make the system do that has been really effective for for me and every step of the way since I left um, Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm sure. Good background to have, and hopefully you got to spend some time at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I actually lived a block off the beach for about five years. That's nice. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. All right. Well, I think that covers what I wanted to talk about. Um, if anything else comes up, I, I will follow up with you. But, yeah, re- really interesting. Um, it, it's great to hear from CIOs from independence. We know that, that that's such a rare thing. But it, it, it's, it's neat to hear about that experience and, and what everything you guys are doing to, uh, to remain that way. So thanks so much for, for your time. I really appreciate it. And I think this will be interesting for our, our readers. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.